they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome to the Bible with the Barbers. I had promised you that we're going to give you some good inspirational biblical teachings. But before we do that, Mary Danielle's actually from home right now, so she's with us. Good afternoon, my love. Good afternoon, my love. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sweetheart, the great news that we just talked about with Jesse and Terry was about Cardinal Pell. He unanimously was acquitted of the sexual abuse charges by Australian High Court and is going to be freed. Now, he nearly spent 14 months in prison where he couldn't say Mass. And Mary Danielle, before I mention that, you and I and our family, the four kids, many years ago, was with Cardinal Pell in Los Angeles. We were showing him different museums, having meals with him, and we were very, very impressed with him, obviously. And when we heard about this, we just thought, what's going on here? And Mary Danielle, uh, it seems like there's a connection with Cardinal Pell and with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, because our Lord was unjustly condemned, was he not? Yes, and he was falsely accused. He was falsely accused and then unjustly condemned on the basis of false accusations. And Cardinal Pell was falsely accused, and then he was he spent time in prison Yes, on the basis of those false accusations. And praise God, the yeah. truth has been brought out. It's like the story of Susanna in the book of Daniel, where she trusted in the Lord fully. <laughs> That's right. And, and you know, God, God delivered her in the end. And that was, yeah, so praise God. And thank you, God, that Cardinal Pell has been exonerated. Yes. And, and Mary, I'm going to go to some practical things before we get to the practical stories like this, before we get to the uh, gospel of today's Mass that many people can't go to because of this uh, coronavirus. But I want to just um, give you a comment about uh, Franklin Graham. This is Billy Graham's son. And uh, I just want to ask you this question because it's a biblical question. What Franklin Graham, his explanation for this pandemic that we're dealing with, he's showing that biblically, uh, he's saying that man has turned his back on God. Would you agree with our Protestant evangelical uh, preacher that that there's a, a biblical basis for what he said? Oh, absolutely. In the Old Testament, God destroyed the world at the time of Noah, with the exception of Noah and his sons, and Noah's wife and his son's wives. So eight people he saved. Why? Because the evil of man had multiplied so much. Sodom and Gomorrah. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of the evil that was being done in them. God had said, it's enough. No more. I will not allow them to do any more evil. And people... When the Israelites went down into Egypt as slaves, they didn't go as slaves, excuse me, they went as free men. When Joseph was there in Egypt, because of the famine, they went down to Egypt. And the Lord said in prophecy to them, and you will remain there until the Canaanites have filled up the full cup of wrath. Mm-hmm. And the Israelites were in Egypt for about 450 years, and then God brought them out to drive the Canaanites out of the land. God was exercising judgment on the Canaanites, and God would have fought the battles for them Mm -hmm. had they trusted in the Lord, and they failed in their trust. So that, you know, turned out not quite the way God had planned, but, you know, God's like that. You know, Adam and Eve, he made Adam and Eve a state of perfect grace, and Adam and Eve sinned, and so God renounced his perfect paradise, 
and said, fine, I could leave you to just your natural life that I gave you and just not even include you anymore in the plan to be part of my life. He said, but I won't do that. I'll send a savior. And in the New Testament, you all, that's the Old Testament. You know what? That We have the New Testament now. Well, you know, excuse me. Um, when Ananias and Sapphira mm-hmm. came and brought their money to Peter and tried to pretend like that all they had sold this property and that everything they got from the proceeds of the property was being given to the church, God struck them dead. Individually, they came before Peter. Each one was struck dead in their turn, given a chance to tell the truth. They didn't do it. And Peter said, you're lying to the Holy Spirit. Mm. But also, Jesus tells us in the gospel, the parable of the vineyard. Mm -hmm. And when the owner of the vineyard sent to collect his portion of the grapes at vintage time, and the people who were working the vineyard refused to give them, Jesus said, the vineyard will be taken away from them, and it will be given to a people who will see to it that God has his grapes, excuse me, that the owner has his grapes at vintage time. And obviously that parable is a clear parable that it, yeah. it is God. God gave us the vineyard, the earth, and we're supposed to give back to God. We're supposed to have our life oriented toward God. And when we turn our back on him, he will only tolerate it for so long. And then he will take it away from us and he'll give it to someone else. Very well said, Mary. So, Mary, very well said. I want to also switch one more gear before we get into the gospel. And this is on an article from LifeSite News. Is America going insane due to the Wuhan uh, pan- t- pandemic? And what I'm going to ask you, Mary, is that uh, in, the, in, the, in, in all of life, you know, for years, even in the 1980s and 90s, you know, immune systems were being uh, attacked by different uh, like scars and, and Ebola, and there were death rates of 20 to 40 percent of people getting these. And um, I just uh, bringing up something that uh, here in America, we seem to be getting all of our, our, our freedoms taken away because of this scare, which, you know, one percent of the people who get it are going to die. Ninety nine percent do recover. And I, I just want to throw something out at you that are that are one of our um well, it's, it's uh, Benjamin Franklin said, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty or safety. Whether or not they deserve neither, they will get it neither. It says, giving up liberty is a sure fire road to tyranny. So here's my question to you. It seems that in America right now, uh, people are really scared that they that they might even die from this and get sick. And that's kind of like, we're extremely overreacting and saying, you know, we can't get that. We can't do that. So my, my question, biblically, we know that original sin is what we have had to deal with. And that, uh, those, the biblical Bible says for those who are strong, you know, 60, 70 years. And it seems that as we get older, our immune system does get weaker and it's kind of like a natural process we we are born, we live, and we die. And it, it is would you would I would you say that I'm a little extreme by saying that it seems like we in America are, are a little bit more oversensitive to our bodies and forgetting about what's most important, which is the salvation of our soul. That we have a virus of sin, and that seems to be more serious, way more serious than this uh, this coronavirus. Would you agree, or am I on to something? I, I would agree, and I. The deal is this. People talk about the pandemic of the coronavirus, mm-hmm. and there's a greater pandemic. 
just the numbers, you know, you've shared with me recently, the numbers of the, you know, the number of people who die every year from cancer, the number of right. people who die every year from heart attacks, the number of people who die every day. Right. You know, it's, it's amazing. It's like these numbers are astronomical in comparison to the number of people who are going to die in our country. This right. is just for our country. But, but the reality is, is, what about sin? What does sin do? It kills the life, mortal sin kills the life of God in our soul. It takes us out of God's grace and out of his friendship. And the reality is, is that we're still killing surgically. Now, surgical abortions have gone down, and they've gone down because they've, they've allowed this horrible um, chemical abortion pill to be given to women that is so damaging to women, and it definitely does kill their children. And it's, it's really a, a terrifying process, actually. Women who've gone through it, it's, it's quite traumatizing. And so because of the abortion pill, a lot of women aren't getting surgical abortions, but that doesn't mean the number of children killed in abortion have gone down. Every single day, wake up America. Mm -hmm. Do you realize that through surgical abortion, at least 3,000 babies every day are murdered? Where is the outcry against this pandemic? Well said. And, And the deal is this, can we live a life of pleasure? Are we here just for the gratification of the flesh? Is that what we were made for? Well, the deal is, is when we live for a life of gratification, and it's funny how this can start in little things. Well, I'm only committing venial sins. I'm not committing moral sins. And we make a compromise with sin. Well, you know what? When we do that, every sin we commit darkens our intellect more, weakens our will more. And so we become more and more susceptible to fall into grievous sin. And so when we compromise with the little things and we're not willing to stand against our own flesh and the world and the devil with God's help, then we start falling into mortal sin. And it's interesting, if obstinacy obstinacy in mortal sin will lead to the loss of faith. Mm -hmm. You see, our modern modern world is not suffering so much as uh, from you know, the pandemic of the coronavirus, we're suffering from the pandemic of sin, well said. which has made us believe that we don't think God exists or that he's not important or he doesn't care about us. Right. And it's because we want to live for the gratification of our flesh. And we can't do that. That's a slippery snare filled path that leads eventually to death, the death of our faith. And we can't serve God and mammon. Amen. We have to make a choice. Am I going to serve God or I'm going to serve the world, my flesh and the devil? Well said, Mary. Hey, I want to remind everybody to follow us on Facebook and YouTube. Put that thumbs up sign. Also, for all those who have a business, we have a free business directory. Just go to catholicrc.org, upload your business. Listeners, please pray for all the shops and businesses. I want to pray for them because so many of them are suffering because they've had to close, and I'm hoping and praying that they can open soon. When we come back for the Bible with the Barbers, Mary Danielle's going to, I'm going to read the Gospel of John from today's readings of the Mass, and we'll get some exegesis. In other words, some some explanation of what's going on here. This is the week that changed the world, right? Passion Week. So I think you'll enjoy that. Also, tomorrow on the Terry and Jesse Show, we have Steve Ray. And on Friday on the Terry and Jesse Show, we have Dr. Janet Smith. And I think you're going to enjoy all the shows here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We'll be right back to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and His Bride, the Church.
Attention VMPR listeners. We've talked at length about the attack on our youth through popular culture media, but what if I told you there was someone trying to make a difference? The newest novel, Britfield and the Lost Crown, by C.R. Stewart, is reaching schools across America and sharing Christian morals alongside great storytelling. What if I told you that this mission needs your help? To reach more children, Britfield and the Lost Crown need funding for their ongoing book tour. If you're interested in making a difference, if you're interested in buying the book or are curious and want more information, go to BritfieldInstitute.org. That's B-R-I-T-F-I-E-L-D Institute.org. Or email media at Britfield.com. Help open up the world of Britfield and the Lost Crown to people everywhere. In 1 Corinthians 13.13, St. Paul says, So there abide faith, hope, and love, these three. According to St. Ignatius of Antioch, faith is the beginning and love is the end. And God is the two of them brought into unity. Then comes everything else that makes up a Christian. May God grant that we may attain all the virtues that make for authentic followers of His Son. or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show, and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%! Realestateforlife.org 877-LIFE-US-1 Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. I just got a text from Sue in Chicago, and she's telling us, can we do this? We did this yesterday on the Terry and Jesse show, so yes, we can. She says, I just want to make a suggestion in support of our local priests locally by sending them Easter cards. I'd say Easter masses, too, cards so that they feel like they haven't been abandoned by their flock. Her hope is to be sending our love to our priests as part of our extended family. Sue, great idea. Uh, Danielle, you've done that for over the years, to thank our priests with mass cards. And so I think that's a, a, a grand idea. And I would encourage all of our listeners to send those cards to their priests, thanking them, because she's right. This is such an odd time when priests are usually the busiest time of the year, and they can't, many of them can't say a public mass. They can't hear confessions. I mean, it must be difficult. Mary, what do you think of that suggestion? I think it's awesome. And yes, it must be extremely difficult for our priests. We need to pray for them mightily mm-hmm. and um, absolutely offer them encouragement and pray for them. Tell them, you know, I'm praying for you every day, Father. I, I think of you. I miss going to mass. I miss seeing you. But we're in our prayers. Wonderful. We're there. Wonderful. Mary, we have the Gospel of John for today's reading, talking about daily Mass, chapter 13, 21 to 33. And here, here's what's so neat about it. Um, you know, this is where the theme is, you know, one of you will betray me and the cock will not crow before you deny me three times. This is 
an interesting uh, this is setting up Holy Week, so let's let's read it from the Gospel of John, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John, reclining at table with his disciples, Jesus was deeply troubled and testified, "Amen, amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me." The disciple looked at one another, disciples looked at one another at a loss as to whom he meant. One of his disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, was reclining at Jesus' side. Picture this as I read this. So Simon Peter nodded to him to find out whom he meant. He leaned back against Jesus' chest and said to him, Master, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one whom I hand the morsel after I have dipped it. So he dipped the morsel and took it and handed it to Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot. After Judas took the morsel, Satan entered him. So Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do it quickly. Now none of those reclining at table realized why he said this to him. Some thought, that since Judas kept the money bag, Jesus had told him, buy what you need for the feast or give something to the poor. So Judas took the morsel and left at once, and it was night. When he had left, Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and he will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. You will look for me, and as I told the Jews, where I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, Simon Peter said to him, Master, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, though you will follow me later. Peter said to him, Master, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Amen, amen, I say to you. The cock will not crow before you deny me three times. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you. Praise you, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Is that a, that's, that's quite a scene, Jess, I'm, I'm Jesse. Mary Danielle, I was picturing that as I was reading it. It's very moving. It's an amazing scene. Here Jesus is at the Last Supper. He becomes deeply troubled, mm-hmm. deeply troubled in spirit. And he says, one of you was about to betray me. And they're all, you know, in, from the other Gospels, you get the account. They're all saying, is it, is it I, Lord? Is it I? And so, you know, John is sitting next to Jesus. John was a beloved disciple. Mm-hmm. He sits closest to Jesus there at the Last Supper. Right. And he leans back on the breast of Jesus mm-hmm. at Peter's, Peter nods to him. So he mm-hmm. leans back and says, who is it, Lord? Now, what's interesting is that the Lord hides from their eyes what he's doing there. Because he tells John. The one that I dip the bit of the morsel in and in the dish, and then I hand it the one that I hand it to. He's the one, and and they don't get it. 
it's like they don't see it. Mm-hmm. And then when Jesus tells him, be quick about what you are to do, they just assume that he's supposed to go buy something for the feast or give something to the poor. So they still don't know that Judas is the betrayer, even though Jesus has pointed him out. They still don't see it. But what's going on here? In yesterday's gospel, we were told something interesting about Judas. Bishop Shane used to say that when people leave the Catholic faith, um, they do it because they have a moral difference with Christ. Mm -hmm. And he said the one exception to that was Judas. And I, I always thought that most interesting, because what was the one positive statement the scriptures told us about Judas? What it said in the gospel yesterday. He was a thief, and he liked to help himself to the purse. Right. He carried the common purse, and he was a thief. He had a moral difference with Christ. He didn't want to give up stealing. Yep. And it's interesting, because that ties into what I said just before the break, when we were talking about Franklin Graham and, and mm-hmm. these, these other situations with the COVID virus, right. that when we give ourselves over to a life of gratification and pleasure, mm-hmm. we lose our faith, and we turn away from God. Judas was trying to serve. He thought, he, you know, he's got his foot in both worlds. I'm going to serve God, and I'm going to serve mammon. Right? I'm going to get my money, but, you know, I can keep company with God. But no, in the end, what happens? He betray. he sells Jesus. He, he sets this up. Judas sets it up. He's, he's selling him. Mm-hmm. What is he going to do? What is Jesus referring to? He's going to sell him for 30 pieces of silver. And it's, it's interesting because Bishop Sheen also mentioned something about this gospel, mm-hmm. that John's gospel, a lot of theologians like to say, is way up there in the air somewhere. It's above us. It's so ephemeral. It's so removed from reality. What does John say? As soon as Judas takes the morsel, he goes out. And what does John say? It was night. Mm -hmm. uh, We know it was night, John. I mean, you know, gee whiz, the supper was having in the evening. You know, that's when they did it. Why does he say that? And Bishop Sheen says, because it is always night in the soul. Exactly. When we turn away from God. Yep. So John adds that detail to tell us something about, there's nothing in John's gospel that doesn't tell us something about our spiritual life. Yeah, much of it is very much rooted in the things of this earth. But yes, whenever we turn from God, it is night. Well said, Mary. Jesus had washed washed Judas' feet. He pleaded with him. Mm -hmm. But Judas still, he turns. And so he goes out and he goes out to sell Jesus. And then Jesus says what? Now has the Son of Man been glorified. Do we hear these words? Wait a minute. Judas goes out to betray him. He's going to be turned over. Jesus knows exactly what's coming. By the way, Judas didn't. Judas thought he had control of the situation. He thought he had it figured out. He thought that he was the one who was going to manipulate everything. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make 30 pieces of silver. When they come to arrest him, Jesus is going to disappear or get away from him, just like he always has. And we'll just go on like never happened. Judas didn't understand. Jesus really is going to give himself over to death. And so he tells the apostles, now has the Son of Man been glorified. And God has been glorified in him. Why? Because Jesus is obedient even to the point of death. He will obey the Father's will. He's not going to rebel. He's going to give himself as a sacrifice. And then what? Peter's like, you know, Jesus says, which you, you can't go where I'm going now. Mm-hmm. As, just as I told the Jews, I'm going to go somewhere and you can't go with me now. But later you'll come. And Peter's like, but no, Lord, I'll die for you. Mm-hmm. 
And what, what's the temptation Peter's falling into here? False piety. He mm. thinks he has more courage, more strength, more everything, humility, whatever it's going to take to follow the Lord to the death. Which, by the way, there was a certain truth to that, because in the garden, what does Peter do? He takes out his sword, and he strikes the slave of the high priest. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I will die for you, Lord, if I can go to my death fighting. But that wasn't Jesus' way. Jesus was going to surrender himself to death. And Peter wasn't there yet, and he didn't know that. But he would find it out. And one of the reasons he would find it out was another mistake we make. And that is not persevering in prayer. Mm. When he goes to the garden with Jesus and he's supposed to pray with Jesus, he falls asleep. Peter, James, and John, they all fall asleep. Mm -hmm. and, and in that not being able to persevere in prayer, then he didn't have the strength to stand against the temptation. Right. It wasn't time for him to die with the Lord yet. He had a mission to accomplish. He was the head of the church. He would spread the gospel. But... Mm -hmm. He, he denies that he knows Jesus. And Jesus said, you will deny me. Mary, let me, let, let, let me jump in for a minute, Mary, because this is so, yes. so practical for us listening. When we want to turn away from sin, and many of us say, oh, I, didn't, I, I couldn't say no. And the answer is, are you praying? You know, this is what, um, when people need that grace to say no, if they're not praying to Jesus, if they're not having a prayer life, it's much more difficult to live a life centered on Christ. And so that uh, scripture verse really justifies what you just said to me. And so I just want to uh, bring that as a practical application. Uh, this is such an important time to be praying. This is Holy Week. This is the time to meditate on this passion. So your commentary really makes it practical to us that we can learn. And, and Mary, I want you to continue. And also, we, we, we're just for the benefit of our listeners, we are going to be covering the Our Father, I think the last petition. Is that still the case, Mary? Second to the last. Second to the last. Lead us not into temptation. Okay, Lead great. us not into temptation will be the petition we're going to cover today. Okay. And um, yes, this has been the Our Father in slow motion, but I think it's worth it to take it in slow Absolutely. motion. Absolutely. <laughs> so finish, finish your thought, because I just wanted to make sure that we all have to know that sometimes people say, why can't God give me the grace to say no? Well, we need to be praying to be able to have the graces to say no to sin. Go ahead. Yeah, have we asked? And St. Alphonso Liguori tells us that prayer is the most necessary weapon of defense against our enemies. He says, he who does not pray won't be saved. is lost. Yeah, he won't be saved. He we said have, it. We'll be lost. That's what happened. Why did Adam fall? Because he didn't recommend himself to God when he was tempted. Yep. Surely no one falls into sin, but that first he chooses to desist from prayer. Right. Whoever perseveres in prayer will not fall in temptation. So we're all going to be tempted. Yep. That, that, we're not Part God is going to totally remove temptation from our life. It's just that because of concupiscence, because of the fall, because God had to renounce His perfect paradise, and we get to live with the the effects of what you know what we lost That's right. with the gifts that God had given that were freely given. We, they weren't owed to us, and so we need to pray. And you know, Saint Saint Augustine also points out that by the way, the only grace that is always offered to you is the grace of prayer. Well, we have the possibility to pray. We need to humble ourselves and get down on our knees and ask God for the grace we need. We'll be back with more with the Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio.
This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year-round. May God bless you and your family. I'm Jonathan Rumi, and I play Jesus Christ in The Last Days, The Passion and Death of Jesus the Christ. This Lent, I'd love to invite you to join me and my co-director, Maria Vargo, for a very special live stream broadcast of this production. Beginning Palm Sunday, April 5th, and Holy Thursday, April 9th at noon Pacific and 3 p.m. Eastern Time, you'll be able to watch the full program free on our Facebook page or on our website. To watch us on Facebook, go to facebook.com forward slash the last days of jesus passion play or on our website at www.thelastdayspassionplay.com while christians around the world are unable to go to church during holy week we are grateful to be able to bring this beautiful and reverent depiction of christ's love and sacrifice for all into your homes i pray you join us and have a blessed easter Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. This is Jesse Romero. You're listening to Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back. It's Terry and Mary, the Bible with the Barbers. Mary's at home calling in on the show. And I want to just remind everybody with this Wuhan virus situation, many people lost their jobs. And we want you to know here at Virgin Most Powerful, we're praying for you. And we're praying for all those who are sick with this Wuhan virus. Uh, virus. And many of our monthly donors have had to uh, stop supporting because they lost their jobs. And I understand totally. And that's why we're doing this free business uh, program on our website to help them get back into business with their work. But I also want to remind those who are, are working that have been blessed with their jobs and they would like to support us. You can go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org or you can call us at 877 526 2151. We are covering the Gospel of John for today's readings. Mary, before we go to the Our Father in slow motion, would you want to finish up with the Gospel? Okay, I just lost Mary. She'll be back. I just want to, before Mary comes right back, we lost her on the phone call, I want to remind all of you the good news, and it's good news. Cardinal George Pell, friend of ours, friend of the show, uh, has been, uh, well, basically... The uh, situation is he's been uh, exonerated. He's overturned. They've overturned the courts of, of uh, conviction of Cardinal Pell. He spent 14 months 
in prison where he could not. Um, and I got this message that Mary's trying to call Richard. You can give her a call on her cell number. So anyhow, uh, Cardinal Pell is back out of jail. He's had 14 months where he couldn't even pray his mass. He couldn't even offer mass. I know that during those 14 months, uh, he was accused of proselytizing and preaching the gospel in prison, which I think is great. Mary Danielle, are you back with us, Mary? I'm back with you. <laughs> great, I was just asking the question about the gospel of John that we just read and you were giving commentary. If there's more commentary, let's give it. If not, let's move to the Our Father in slow motion. It's, uh, so you have, do you have some more commentary on the gospel or do you want to move to the Our Father? Um, I, we can move on to the Our Father. Okay, so is it, it deliver us from evil? Is that where? Because I lead us not into oh, temptation. It's a temptation. Okay, well, let's talk about that. So, what what do we have here? Why are we so prone to temptation? You know, it, mm-hmm. God made us for Himself. He made us for union with Himself. You know, in, in the Catechism, we were taught, "Why did God make us?" And most people forgot the actual first answer. The first answer was, "Why did God make us?" God made us to show forth His goodness and to share His eternal happiness with us. Mm-hmm. What must I do? to share God's happiness. I must know him, love him, and serve him on this earth. Mm -hmm. So we were made by God. We were made for God. We were made to live in union with God. And that's what's really going to give us happiness. We're not going to find happiness in the created things of this world. The created things of this world, St. Ignatius tells us in his spiritual exercises, all created things were made by God to help man to achieve his goal. The goal is union with God. The goal isn't union with the things of this world. But we get confused. Because of original sin, we don't always see what the true good is. Mm -hmm. So we get caught up in in the things of this world. Our true good is eternal happiness. It's a knowing, loving union with someone who knows us fully and loves us fully. And then in return, we can know him fully and love him fully. And by the way, love implies the complete absolute, total, sincere gift of self to the beloved. Mm -hmm. So we want to give ourselves. Well, the deal is, you know, the world, the flesh and the devil, the supreme good is God. Yes. The world, the flesh and the devil, these are past, these are created things. They're passing reality. And the devil is eternal because it will have an eternal life because he's an angel and doesn't cease existing. But the, the world as we know it is passing away. Our flesh as we know it is passing away. Mm-hmm. And we get caught up in what? We get caught up in the lust and avarice in that the, the world promises us that we're going to find happiness in the things of the world. Or we think that we're going to find happiness through the pride of life. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Everything is for me. Everything is for me. You know, it's interesting because there's, there's a, a, a thing that's been talked about in pastoral theology called the law of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. What is the law of diminishing returns? Well, the more I indulge the pleasures of the flesh, the less gratifying they are. So the more pleasure I need. By the way, why do you think we have extreme sports and extreme this, even like the candies, extreme tastes, extreme – because we've become sated. The only way to really continue to have gratification is to mortify the flesh and say no to it. And then what about the pride of life? Gimme, gimme, gimme. Only the more I get, the less satisfied I am. So the more I need to be happy, it's like, uh, yeah, there are people who do that all their life. Pursue 
the accumulation, but that's just the pride of life. That's not going to bring us true happiness because things are not what we were made for. We weren't made to serve things. We were made for God. But we are seduced by these temptations. Constantly the devil is prowling about like a roaring lion, Peter would tell us after Mm -hmm. his own experience. He's always there trying to find someone to devour. And we don't even need his help. Because of original sin, we don't even need the devil's help to sin. We do need God's help to do good, but we don't need the devil's help to sin. Now, there are those in our time who have said this, you know, this lead us not into temptation. We should change this petition because (laughs) God doesn't lead anybody into temptation. And that's true. But do we understand what the petition is about? If we rightly understood what it is that we're praying for, we recognize how easily we're tempted, how easy it is for us to fall into sin and turn away from God. And what are we asking? God, don't abandon us to our evil ways. Lead us not into temptation. Yeah, it's paradoxical. I will grant you that. It's paradoxical that we say, lead us not into temptation. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, the, the scripture tells us. God is no tempter to evil, and he himself tempts no one. But everyone is tempted by being drawn away and enticed by his own passions. In the letter of James, we read that. 1 James 13, James 1, the first chapter of James 13 and 14. And then in the Catechism, it explains, do not lead means two things. Don't allow us to enter into temptation. So, yeah, protect us from temptation, Lord, because we're weak, and if we're tempted, we might just fall. So please protect us. But also, do not allow us to yield to temptation. So when we are tempted, let it give us the strength not to be yield. So what are we praying for? We're praying, according to the Catechism, for a spirit of discernment mm-hmm. and strength, that we can discern when we're being tempted to turn away from God or to try and find our happiness in created things, which might not be a moral sin, but nonetheless, little venial sins make us weaker and make it easier to choose mortal sin. Right. And we wanted, so we want to discern the spirits, and we also need his strength. Yeah. So yeah, there's a paradox there, but to, to realize what we're really praying for. Yeah. Mary, let me jump in and ask, this is a time where a lot of us listening have more time on our hands than ever because of the Wuhan virus. They're at home working, or they're actually home because they don't have work. And it seems to me like this is a great opportunity for all of us to dig deeper into our Catholic faith and spend more time reading the Bible, praying, uh, rosaries, are uh, are meditating on the scriptures because it seems like we have two options here. We can either make a decision to use our time to, you know, titillate us with bad things like pornography or just even even things that are just neutral. Watching um, old shows that you thought were pretty good, but it's just a waste of your time. And so it seems to me that this prayer also lead us not in. Uh, I should say uh, deliver lead us not into temptation that there's a temptation when we have more time on our hands to really fall away, or we can actually take that time and make it more efficacious by spending it with our Lord. Does that connection, is that a connection you're making? Yes, that what, what happens is we have all this time on our hands, but who does this time belong to? Right, right. Everything that we have is from God as a gift. And everything that is good, it comes from God. Right. So our time is a gift from God. We're supposed to be giving back to him. You know, the Lord, he had the Jews, he allowed the Jews to work six days a week. 
Mm-hmm. But on the seventh day, they were supposed to spend the seventh day praying and being in communion with God exclusively. Mm-hmm. Now, that could also be service of the sick, taking care of the, you know, mm-hmm. and visiting with family. But, but we, God has reserved that because, because man needs it. Yes. Man needs to take this time to enter into communion with God. If we're, we're supposed to spend our whole eternity with God. Um, it's like Mother Angelica used to say. She used to say, you know, look, honey, death isn't going to change your will. It's going to solidify it. Mm-hmm. So if you spent your whole life turning away from God, do you think all of a sudden when you die, after you die, you're going to turn to him? No, honey. Death solidifies that will. So we need to be turning to God every single day. And right now is a great time, like you said, enter into prayer. Prayer is a dialogue. We're supposed to be not a monologue. (laughs) We're supposed to be communing with God, speaking to him and letting him speak to us. We can tell him our fears, tell him our troubles. And by the way, when we read the scriptures, God is speaking to us. That's his word. Mm. And there are lots of scripture passages. We went over these a couple weeks ago. Mm. In times of trouble, you know, turn to the Lord in your need and you will live. Blessed be the Lord, I exclaim, and I am safe from my enemies. We need to trust the Lord. And none of us is going to get out alive. That's the last time I looked. Mary Danielle, go ahead, go ahead, Mary. Just, just this, this real quick, this supplement magazine that I've seen. And on the front cover of this supplement magazine, it said, oh, yeah, for reduce your risk of mortality. Yeah, really? Yeah. They're selling vitamins. And it's like, reduce your risk of mortality. I laughed. I still, I was like, wait a minute. Did I just read what I think? You Pretty funny. Me, tell me if I take, if I buy your pills and take them, I'm never going to die? Mm-hmm. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're going to be immortal. We're searching for immortality, but it's the immortality of the soul in union with God. Right. We're searching for heaven. Amen. Mary Danielle, this next segment, the last segment of the show, we're going to continue on the Our Father in slow motion. And if people have a question or a comment, they're welcome to call at 888-526-2151. That's 888 526 And by the way, if you want to hear old shows, we do have them on podcasts on virginmostpowerfulradio.org. And by the way, tomorrow on the Terry and Jesse show, our good friend Steve Ray is going to be talking on the Stations of the Cross. Talk about a prayerful thing to do. Try praying the Stations of the Cross during Holy Week. It'll be very efficacious for you. We'll be right back with more from the Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Jesus said in Luke 17, When you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have only done our duty. According to St. John of the Cross, God is pleased with the little deeds we do in secret. He takes more pleasure in these than in a multitude of grand works that we may do out of the desire to be seen by others. May God help us to do the things that please Him and not just to appear great in the eyes of others.
How does the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby inside and out of the womb, not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right. Every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites the Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. And we're talking about the Our Father And we're doing it in slow motion, but I want to encourage you during this week, many of us are not able to receive Holy Communion at Mass because of this virus, and I want to just encourage you to consider praying this prayer. It's on our website. It's called an Act of Spiritual Communion. Also, we have the Psalm 91 prayer and also the uh, uh, the prayer of St. Patrick. So if you can do that, but let me just lead you in an act of spiritual communion. You can do this all day long, okay, more than once. So in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. In the name of the Father, Amen. Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Mary, let's continue with the Our Father in slow motion. So we have to resist the temptations. Temptations come, but we need to be manly and resist them. And Jesus, um, the Lord, taught St. Catherine of Siena that we don't need to fear temptations. Why? Because Jesus makes his strong with his blood. Jesus gives us the power, his own power to resist temptation if we ask. Again, that's constant prayer, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to turn to him and pray. And by the way, the devil's a coward. And that, you know, the, the, always, always we've been taught this. That, you know, all the saints have told us. Right. Um, if we resist the devil, he will fly. St. James tells us. Look at James 4, 7, and 8. Mm-hmm. We draw near to God. We resist the devil. He flees. We draw near to God in prayer. And at, St. Teresa of Avila tells us that she discovered that if she had contempt for the devil, they flo- they didn't like that. And, and that's it. It's just know that God is God. The devil is not. He's only a creature. He has no power over you except what you give him through sin. Amen. So don't give in to the sin. You need to 
to resist. And it's, there's a beautiful story about told about St. Anthony of the Desert. Oh, tell it. And the demons, the demons appeared once as wild beasts. And so here he is, he's, he's out there in the desert, and all of a sudden all these wild beasts are there, and they're going to tear him apart and this whatever. And he just looks at him and he says, ah, if you have any power, it is from God, and will serve his purpose. So do what you can. But if you have no permission, then put an end to your display and be gone. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't one wild beast. It was demons appearing as wild beasts. And they ran. They, they went off wailing and they fled because they were humiliated by what? His absolute trust in the Lord. And that's why we need to pray always so that we have that trust. But also to humble ourselves. We need to humble ourselves before God and admit that we need his help. Amen. The devil doesn't like humility. Now, he can imitate humility. So you have to be careful. You know, this, this, oh, I'm no good, and I can't do anything. That's not humility, people. That's pride. Mm -hmm. It's called false humility. It's a form of pride, and the attention is all on me. No, when when those dialogues start going on inside, no. It's like, Lord Jesus, you came to save sinners. Save me. Hmm. Jesus, I trust in thee. Jesus, I trust in thee. Jesus, I trust in thee. It is your blood that saves you will save me because you have paid the price. And I put that trust in you. That's humble myself before the Lord and believe that he does want to save us. And St. Thomas teaches us that we do not pray not to be tempted, but rather that we not be overcome by temptation, which is what lead us not into temptation means. We don't want to be overcome by it. Mm -hmm. And what help does God give us? Obviously, prayer. We turn to God in prayer. But he gives us someone to help us. We all have a guarding angel. Amen. Do you know that your angel is powerful? And he's more powerful than any demon. He's more powerful than all the demons put together because he's powerful with the power of God himself. The demons are only creatures. The angel is at your side with the power of God himself. So he's there. He's there to help us in temptation. And every deception of the devil, we just we need to turn to our angel. Right. Read the book of Tobit. The book of Tobit short is such book. a beautiful example. Yeah. It is short, and mm-hmm. it, it shows you how the angel works in your life. Here was Tobit. He'd done all this good work, and now he's blind, right? right. And now even his wife is cursing him. <laughs> and, and then Sarah, who had been married seven times, and every one of her husbands died on her wedding night because... She didn't, she wasn't possessed, but there was a demon who was tormenting her by killing her husband. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he wouldn't let any man approach her because he lusted after her. Yeah, I guess the demons can do that. Wow. So what happens? God sends, say, he hears Sarah and Tobit are both at their wit's ends, and they're both like, okay, God, just take my life because my life on this earth is not worth living anymore. Mm-hmm. And Raphael is the one who receives that prayer and takes it before God, and God sends Raphael to help them both. And he delivers them both from their, from their respective problems, mm-hmm. and he shows the power of God. Right. So they're not just messengers to God, but also God's messengers to us. So they take our prayers to God, but then they bring God's word to us. Right. They feed our souls with communications and inspirations from God. They are the means by which God grants them and 
they are the means by which God grants, by the way, yes. his communications and inspirations, and they protect us from the wolves, which are the devils. That's in St. John of the Cross in his spiritual canticle. Mm-hmm. So in all of our trials, we have an angel at our side. You know, Jesus said something about the angels in the gospel. Mm-hmm. He said, see to it that none of you despises one of these little ones, because their angels continually behold the face of my Father in heaven. So yeah, our angels are at our side here on earth, but you know what? They're still at the face of the Father. They're still beholding the face of the Father in heaven. Mary, so they are Mary let me jump in. Oriented because, toward God. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I want to give a plug to the Opus Angelorum's website because they're doing some uh, programming right now on uh, YouTube and on uh, streaming. Can you share a little bit about how people can get information on their guardian angel and how they can collaborate with them? Go to www.opusangelorum.org, and Opus Angelorum is one word under you know, lowercase, mm-hmm. O-P-U-S-A-N-G-E-L-O-R-U-M.org, mm-hmm. opusangelorum.org. And they're live streaming their Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. from mm-hmm. They're in Ohio, so it's Eastern Time, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. They're giving a conference every day this week. So each day there'll be a conference, and you can listen to the conferences from yesterday, too. You know, the, the one they the gave podcast, one on yeah. Sunday was the Science of the Cross. Mm-hmm. Um, Monday, I don't remember the title, and then today there'll be a new one. And then um, they're you know, encouraging you to assist at the Mass through through going on the web to EWTN. And, um, and in addition to that, they have lots of information on their website on how to collaborate with your angels. They have Lenten conferences that will help build up your faith, yeah. help us. Each one of us, we need this constantly. We need God's help every day. And, and, There's and, never a time yeah, when we and, don't need His help. Well, say, Mary, I might add, at the Sacred Heart Chapel in August, providing we have this virus t- behind us, they come to our Sacred Heart Chapel every August to do conferences, a couple, three nights, preparing people to make their uh, consecration, to at least look into evaluating the consecration to the guardian angel. So that'll be on their website also for us. And we really highly recommend, I always like to joke and say the unemployment rate for guardian angels is way too high. Put them to work. And many people don't realize that God has given each of us a guardian angel with one purpose, to help you get to heaven. Mary, with the few minutes that we have left, how would you like to wrap this up? So we have to trust in God, know that he wants us to know him, love him, and serve him. And just, by the way, in addition to the Knights of Recollection at our chapel, they, they, they have on their website, the Opus Angelum has, they offer retreats in different parts of the country. Absolutely. So wherever you are listening, there will be a retreat near you. So go ahead and look on their website for the retreats. But we need to trust in God, and we need to humble ourselves before him and continuously pray. One of the things we've lost in our world today is we're we're giving into the temptation to think that the created things of this earth are going to bring us happiness. Yeah, and they're not. It's not going to happen. And our angel wants to remind us, he's always looking at the face of God, as Jesus told us. And he wants us to remind us, he wants to remind us, live in the presence of God, constantly be looking at God. Um, Father, the priest who said the mass for EWTN today said the worst type mm-hmm. of poverty is to be unmoved by or unaware of God's presence. Yep. yep. So we're afraid of losing our lives. We're afraid of losing our well-being. We're afraid of losing our support, our 
whatever. Most of us, it's, we're afraid of losing the extras. Mm-hmm. But the worst type of poverty is to be unmoved by or unaware of God's presence. Right. The angels live constantly in the presence of God, and we want to live like the angels. So lead us not into temptation, Lord. Don't allow us to be overcome by temptation. Yes, spare us certain temptations, like St. Therese of Lezou said. She was never tempted to commit a moral sin. That was God's particular grace to her. But again, she never said no to God from the age of four years old. Right. You know? Every time we say no to God, we come closer to being tempted into mortal sin, even in little things. So we don't want to say no even in little things. We want to live like the angels, try and constantly be praying, pray for one another, give encouragement to your priests, reach out to your parish priests, send them cards, send them spiritual bouquets. Tell them you're praying for them. You haven't forgotten them. You miss them. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and just really know that this petition is not saying that God leads us into temptation. It's begging God for the help that we need because we are so prone to sin. As I said earlier, we don't need the devil's help to do evil. Flip Wilson was wrong. No, the devil didn't make you do it, Flip Wilson. You've done it on your own. But we do need God's help to do any good. Yes. Only in the Lord can we do good. Only with the Lord's help and inspiration. And that's he gives us the angel to inspire us and to work with us. Amen. To help us to do the good, to even accomplish it. Right. So, yeah, we don't don't despair. Don't give up. Pray more. Pray hope and don't worry. Yeah. And Mary, (laughs) I want to give a little homework assignment. You mentioned a lot about the book of Tobit. It's not a long book of the Bible. I would encourage this Holy Week to read the book of Tobit, and there's so much about your angel in that book. And Mary, uh, the last thing I want to remind everybody is they can hear all the other podcasts on virginmostpowerfulradio.org on your app. So they're all there, all these weeks that we've been talking about the Our Father. Your final thoughts, Mary? Keep praying, trust in God. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I trust in thee. Yep. And be joyful in the Lord. Ask the Lord for the grace to be joyful in the Lord. Well said, Mary Danielle. You've been listening to The Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We want to thank you for your support here. And we couldn't do it without you. And I hope you can use social media to put this out and all over to your friends with your Facebook. We'll be back again next Tuesday. And don't forget, Steve Ray will be on the Terry and Jesse Show tomorrow at 11 a.m. Pacific Coast time. May God richly bless you and your family. Full sheen ahead. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of thy Spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great High Priest, May the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio. 
sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.